three weeks to go, and I have for you today three names to know. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, and I'm here in St. Louis for opening day, by the way, I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out. Three weeks exactly from today, the Steelers will be picking at number 20, and that'll happen based on recent precedent probably around 10.30 p.m. or so Eastern time. Unless, of course, they move up to draft a quarterback or other exciting events like that. But I'm going to keep reiterating on this show that I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect to move up. I don't expect a quarterback. I believe that they have done and will continue to do, incidentally, their due diligence at the position because they owe that to the franchise since it's the most important position and you don't want to you don't want to miss. You know, you you don't want to whiff on an opportunity to get that franchise quarterback at number 20 when the chance is sitting there for you only to watch this player go somewhere else and Dak Prescott everyone. And you probably know what I'm talking about when I say that. But I'm seeing this as unlikely in large part because I don't like the class. I like even less the idea of giving up draft capital to move up and in parentheses so soon after doing so for Devin Bush, only to wonder a couple years later if you even want him on your roster. So who else might it be? How else might they go about getting the individual that they want, even if it does involve a move up or a move down, depending on how things play out? Rather than making a prediction, because as much as everyone loves mock drafts, the next one that's 100% accurate will be the first in human history. And there are so, so, so many variables regarding the teams that are picking in front of yours that unless you're doing a mock draft on the top three picks, like three, you're pretty much wasting your time and everyone else's with that process. But there have been some names that I've looked at and begun to like more and more as I learn about them. And I'm going to share three of those with you, starting with, of all positions, a running back. And no, I don't believe that the team will take a running back in consecutive years in the first round. But hence, my little disclaimer there about possibly moving down, or even hanging on till the second round to get this player. Remember, I'm not making predictions here. I'm looking at players that I like. And the first one is a running back. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format. 
would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Kenneth Walker is a running back out of Michigan State. He's not the number one running back on everyone's charts. Uh, Running backs, as ever, tend to be really hard to predict, even within their own hierarchy, principally because teams have different traits that they value in running backs. We don't have to wonder which traits Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have valued over the years. They're looking for tough runners who don't lose the football, guys who ideally can contribute to the passing game and don't lose the football, and guys who are complete players in terms of picking up blitzes in general being multifaceted, and have I mentioned that they really hate when they lose the football? Well, Walker checks all of those boxes, but he comes with an added dimension that this team could really use from that position, and that's that he breaks the big one every once in a while. In 2021, no, no running back in the FBS had more runs of 15-plus yards and Walker's 30. In fact, he picked up 881 of his 1,634 rushing yards through those big plays, half of his yardage. Now, you can get all skeptical about how big plays in college don't translate uh, to the NFL. We saw that firsthand and continue to see it with Anthony McFarland being able to do next to nothing at the top level. But if the Steelers see something more in this player, and you would think that they would, being that McFarlane ended up being a fourth rounder, maybe there's something there. I can't get out of my head this idea of the two-back backfield like what Cleveland's had. I think that would simplify and fortify so many different things about this offense. Now, staying with the offense... I'm going to throw in Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver at Penn State. Uh, If you've seen what he did this past season for the Nittany Lions, you don't need any kind of endorsement from me or anybody else. This looks like an impact breakaway wide receiver. And again, I'm going to reference big plays. There were a zillion reasons the Steelers didn't generate big plays as an offense in 2021. But one reason was that their receivers really weren't and still aren't equipped for it. Yeah, Deontay Johnson can pull one off every once in a while. Chase Claypool pulls off one or two a month. But as long as I'm comparing things to other AFC North teams... I'm looking across the way at the Bengals in this regard and all the weapons that they've got. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The damage that they're able to do, yeah, everyone's going to talk about Joe Burrow, and they should, but Burrow's been blessed with significant weapons at the skill positions. And yet again here, it's another way to make things a lot cleaner for your offense, get yourself a real threat. Dotson is that guy. 
The third one, I'm kind of cringing at sharing with you because you're going to have the same reaction uh, that I do when I even mention his name, but that's Jordan Davis, the giant of a defensive lineman out of Georgia, who, uh, according to a lot of the draft experts, is one of those soaring up the boards, rocketing up into the top 10 types. And yet at the same time, you'll see that a lot of mocks have him going around 14th, 15th, 16th. There's a lot that attach him to the Eagles at 15. Well, Steelers aren't that far behind that. Tomlin was at Davis's pro day and spoke effusively of this young man while also adding, when he was being interviewed by someone down there, I fully expect he'll hug Roger Goodell way before we get to him. So I still feel compelled to mention him because defensive line is a long-term need, to say the least. When we come back, J1Q. back it's j1q time that's always brought to you by our good friends at mike's beer bar that's on the north shore on federal street right across from pnc park mike's has more than 80 rotating taps of local craft beer more than 500 great craft bottles and cans including 350 plus of the local variety it is the premier destination in our city for craft beer, but they've also got so much more, including one of the best menus for an establishment of its kind anywhere in the region. Mike's Beer Bar, right across from PNC Park on Federal Street. Our J1Q today comes from Craig, who asks, with all the talk about this being a mediocre draft class for quarterbacks, whenever anyone talks about the Steelers quarterback situation, Mitch Trubisky seems like an afterthought. His stats compare favorably to a lot of other good and great QBs from this era over their first four years. Why is it that Trubisky is seemingly being dismissed? Um, That's a tough one because I know he's not being dismissed by me, so you're kind of asking me to speak for other people. The sentiment that I get that comes in this direction, the various feedback, whether it's uh, on our site, on DK Pittsburgh Sports, with our community, whether it's on social media, is mostly he's not the name that he was. And, and in fact, from there, uh, his name brand has taken a hit because of his time with the Bears. And if all you hear about or read about regarding anyone is a whole big city's very negative reaction to a player. And then the next thing he does is go to another city and serve as a backup for a year. You're going to have that resonate. You're right about Mitch's stats at the surface level. Uh, He was mostly, though not entirely, good with Chicago. Some of that is uh, influenced by his second year in the NFL, which which does count, I'm not dismissing it, when which he was 11 and three, made it to the Pro Bowl. 
But his four-year progression and where he might have been in his fifth, and that's obviously just speculation, had he been able to start and had he been able to get the kind of coaching that everyone seems to suggest that he did in Buffalo, this might have been a very, very different script for him. The part that I can't stress enough about Trubisky is that he was a number two overall pick in 2017. He was that guy, if you teleport him to this year, that everyone would have been going bonkers over if the Steelers were able to trade up and get him. And you better believe they'd have had to trade up. And it's not as if the Bears went way off the boards to make that pick. Trubisky was generally seen, I shouldn't say generally, universally seen as a top quarterback in that class. We're not talking about what Washington did with Dwayne Haskins. This was a prospect who was put through all the rigors, the combine, the testing, the mental stuff, and everything else, and ended up being a number two overall pick. Now, things can go wrong. They can go Ryan Leaf. But the pedigree, the part of uh, a player's background history that can't be erased is what he can do. All of that's still there. Whatever went wrong, to whatever degree it went wrong, in Chicago still theoretically can be corrected. You can't make someone run faster. You can't make them throw farther. You can't make them smarter. But you most definitely can make them more well-rounded, more confident. If the issues are interceptions, more risk-averse. I'm speaking only for myself when I say this, but I am eagerly looking forward to seeing this young man as the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I find this to be a fascinating exercise, especially five plus years into the process. I appreciate the question. It's a good one. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do one last one for the week tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.